This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We previously had an opportunity to hear Lo uh, De Beer share his journey and his story as how he had come to the position where he is now at the Hope Again Recovery Center. Welcome, Lo. It's wonderful to have you. And this time, you brought Fricky here for, uh, along to the studio. And Fricky is the founder and owner of the Hope Again Recovery Centers and has his own redemptive story to tell. So please, uh, it would be wonderful, Fricky, can you kick off and tell us just in short a little bit about your story before we get into the recovery centers? Um, just from my side as well, uh, Fricky and Lo, very welcome again. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for having us. Mm. Okay, Fricky, can you tell us your story? How yes, you got um, to this? Yeah, um, my name is Fricky Effer. Um I was born in the Eastern Free State. My mom and my dad uh, got divorced in an early age. I had a stepdad, a stepmom. We lived with my stepdad, and when I was about 12 years old, we found out that my stepdad was abusing my mom. My mom and my stepdad got divorced. Eventually, my mom started drinking quite severely. And uh, started drinking every day. Uh, a lot of uh, different men and things happening when we grew up, and uh, a lot of shame going with it. Mm. Uh, a lot of times being drunk uh, in front of your friends and stuff. So eventually, my mom went to rehab. She came out, she met the guy inside, they got married. Uh, he started drinking again, she started drinking again. It was about six, seven months, and she eventually died from from Ooh. the alcohol. Sure, yeah. that's so very Everything packed up. So by that time, I was 16 years old, turning 17, uh, very angry at the world, already busy taking drugs, doing drugs, doing everything that's wrong, rebelling against everything that's good, and uh, never had a relationship with God. Eventually, I ended up being a cocaine addict for 10 years of my life. I really, I went uh, deep and deep down, lost everything that I had. Mm. Eventually ended up with nowhere to go, nobody wanting to help me. All the relationships that I had broken and I was in a hopeless place. And I really, I called out to God for the first time in my life. And I had a real encounter with Jesus. And, and in that moment, I knew that that God got a plan for me, and I started, I went to a rehab, um, I really got into the Word, and um, God really set me free, and, and when I left there, I always knew that God's going to raise me up in the business world, and I'm going to help people like I was. And I started right at the bottom, God gave me a lot of favor, uh, I was very successful at, at doing everything that I was doing, God gave me the favor. I was raised up from position to position, eventually headhunted, eventually opening up my own business. And today I've, I've got a couple of businesses. Um, we started the center and I started helping people while just helping the one. And eventually I had money to pay one's recovery and eventually I had money to pay 10 people's recovery. Mm. And as I was walking a road with these people, in their recovery, I, I saw that um, the system was broken, and, and I just knew God 
wants to restore something and that God is busy with, uh, we should be getting people into the kingdom because that's what mm. sets people free. Mm. And that is how Hope Again Recovery Center was born. It's born out of the vision that we we really start to get people to have an encounter with Jesus and mm. to to really get into a relationship with Him so that they can handle whatever life throws at them and so that they can walk in the purpose and the calling that God's got for them. Mm. I think that is so, so important, Fricky. Thank you for sharing your your story. And it um, it, it was truly a brief story. Um, and we know that if we had to go into the details, uh, it would take the whole program. And uh, I saw a number of things over there is um, there were many wounds that you received uh, from a very young, uh, from a very young age, um, divorced parents and uh, losing a mother, um, lots of trauma. And in our previous trauma uh, program, talking to Lo, we talked about the, the big T, the big trauma, and then the various traumas after that just accumulated on, on top of that. So thank you very much for sharing that with us and um, and how you actually came into uh, recovery. Um, what, yeah. I, what I'm curious about is how the traumas, or, or, or you said you realized that the system is broken. So what, did, what was that and how did, you, how did God show you to fix it uh, or to do something different? Look, um, I'm just going to say that these people must... Uh, <laughs> I'm an honest guy, so I'm not going to talk stories. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of rehabs, and there's always one. It's always like the. It's always faith based one, and it's always like there's one guy that thinks he can save people, mm-hmm. and that is anointed or called to save people. I know that we are anointed to help people. I know that the Holy Spirit works through us, and that we are people's God, and that we should disciple them. But eventually. There's only one person that sets people free, and it's Jesus. Mm. And it's an encounter with him that sets people free and keeps them free, sustainable, that, that keeps them free when they go out into the world, that they sh- he should be the rock that they build on. Mm. And, mm. and the system is sort of like, it's like, it's like almost like making people cling to people. Mm. Yes. People are always going to disappoint you, you know, I might disappoint another person because I'm busy. I'm always busy with some business or some this, and I don't have time for everybody. And I might disappoint someone, not even knowing that I'm disappointing him. Mm. Mm. But mm. when you have a relationship with Jesus and when you build on him, then you can sustain yourself. That is what sustains us. That's what keeps us free, and that's what makes us live in his purpose, in his vision for your life. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, what I what I noticed also while you were sharing, you had your own personal encounter with Jesus, but that didn't take away all the the drug addict or the drugging and 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 uh, the the challenges that you had. You still had to go into a process of change. And uh, as I was checking out your the website on um, uh, on Hope Again. Um, so, in my opinion, there, I saw there were two main factors, and you already mentioned one of them, and that is that it is truly Christ-centered. And yeah. the second one was that there's a journey beyond the rehab program, beyond the rehab center. 
Um, how closely are these two uh, focuses knit together? Look, what I always tell the staff of African Recovery Center is that we can only create an atmosphere where people can encounter Jesus. Mm. And then when in the rehab world we'll speak about something like counseling, mm. I like to call that the cycling. Mm. Mm. Yes, exactly. yes, yes, yes. Because mm. eventually somewhere in your conversation with a person you're going to get a opportunity to point them to Jesus. Mm. And if that's not what you are doing, then you're doing the wrong thing. Mm. When you're making a person come back to you all the time for the same thing or for help or to speak about the same thing mm. and you're not pointing him to Jesus somewhere in the conversation mm. then you're, you're busy with something that's short short lived it's like a short term solution yes mm-hmm. so what I hear you saying you you actually um, help them to have an encounter with Jesus and that he becomes their companion right throughout this journey. And he yes. is the one that's going to be with them and sustain them, not anything anything you do or any part of the process. No, there's nothing else you can do. There's a, there's a lot of things that go with it, like accountability afterwards and mm. staying connected to to same culture people than you and joining a church and a connect group and all all those things are all part of it but mm. when when you're at home alone at night amen it's you and him mm. Mm. yeah when your th- counselor is not close then you're it's you and him mm. and it's your relationship with him that's going to get you through life yeah it, it's um what i hear here is also dis- discipline you know, Jesus has his disciples, and as we come into faith uh, to, with Jesus, we are we also become disciples. Mm. And uh, there's one discipline that you guys are using, and that's discipline of the twelve-step program. But yours is not the general twelve-step program; it is Christ-centered. And I think it was the uh, Celebrate Recovery program. Can you tell us? The TR. Um, how this program is experienced and by the participants? Look, um, because we fall under social development, you need to follow the the twelve step program. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's more the world based one, and then there's a cross centered one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We do the cross centered one. Mm-hmm. Um, I must truly tell you, I really believe that it's a one step program. It's encounter Jesus and be set free. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it some ritual. The 12 steps is very good to help and guide a person through the things that have kept him back mm. or the, the things that are keeping him go back to the same thing. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah. I really, truly believe that it's only one, it's, it's a one-step program. Mm-hmm. Encounter Jesus and be set free. Yeah. And we, we are set free indeed in our position. So when God looks at us, he does not see the bonds and the chains and the, and the darkness. He sees the perfect light of Jesus. But there is a sanctification process. And it seems to me that the 12 steps that I have experienced anyway, especially with the Christ-centered one, it's a process of discipleship that takes us from the point where we realize I'm powerless, I cannot do this by myself, to the point where we can say I have a personal relationship with Jesus and um, I, can, I, I can now 
carry this message to somebody else. But before we continue with that program, and um, let's just take a break, and then we'll come back soon. To continue? Um, okay. <clears throat> Good. So, Lo, maybe you can come in there and just tell us at the Recovery Center, what tools do you guys use to receive... Um, sorry, my... Yeah, what tools do you, do you give the, the people that are participating in the program? What tools are they able to go away with? Yeah. To live life on life's terms. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what we do is, is because we've got a multidisciplinary team, we, we have a treatment model that treats people on, on different levels. So physiologically, we've got a medical department that first helps them to get through the the withdrawals and the physical pain in their bodies and then to first make them physically more comfortable. Then we've also got a social work department that deals with them on an emotional level, but the tools that gets given to them is also in classes when they do life skills classes with the social workers and the trauma counsellors. Then we've got pastoral counsellors that helps them and shares with them on a spiritual level. And you've also got addiction counsellors that speaks to them from a mental point of view, but also a physical point of view about the dangers of drug abuse and what it has done to their relationships and mm. their families and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the, the tools that they get equipped with basically is, is in this process, as Tricky has discussed with the 12 steps, it's basically just, it's a guideline. It's like a roadmap. Jesus is the way. Mm -hmm. The 12-step program is just like a roadmap with stops on it. It says, we're going from here to Cape Town and we're going to stop at a couple of places, mm. like the Nile and Powerless and Action and mm. stuff like that. So you basically just have to take them through the roadmap. But mm. the way still remains Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can set you free. So mm. in terms of giving them tools, it's, it's a matter of introducing people to new ways of managing their lives. Mm. And that's physical... Uh, emotional and spiritual, and then also mentally. Very important because yeah. we are a holistic human beings. Yeah, and absolutely, this is what we are talking about, life on life's terms. And life doesn't only happen on a spiritual level or a social level or a physiological level, but it happens on all levels. So um, once they've left the, the facility and the, and the, and the program, um, Fricka, you have some affiliates that you have also brought to the program. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how these affiliates help your, the people in recovery? Okay, so um, this, is, this is part of the vision of African Recovery Center was to, to not just have a recovery center and get people to actually have a relationship with Jesus, but, but there are really people out there that's, so broken and so lost that after a program, they don't have anywhere to go, mm. nowhere to go, nothing to do, no work experience. And normally what would happen to them is uh, we would just say, okay, thank you. You completed your program. God's good. And there they go. Mm. And eventually they just fall back to to what they come from. Exactly. Yes. So so what what I've done is, and, and because I'm, God's gifted me for with a business mind, we started businesses like Steelworks, Outworks, Woodworks. We now have another business called Rubber Roofs, mm -hmm. where we actually do waterproofing of roofs. But all these other businesses, Woodworks, we do kitchen cupboards and cupboards and all kinds of woodwork. Outworks, we do all kinds of construction work. Steelworks, mm. we do steelwork. Mm -hmm. And uh, what these businesses actually do is they just help these people get back on their feet. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so what happens then if they relapse while they're there? 
Now we go back to most of the time, the people who ask me how to keep helping people, <laughs> we go back to step one. So maybe, Fricky, you can tell us, uh, uh, Lo, you can tell us about that, what happens when they relapse. Well, then it's like Fricky says, they go back to step one. They go back to day one, phase one. Mm. Um, that, that used to be the way that we used to do it, and they have to redo uh, our whole program. But if you've done a program and you've gone through a reintegration phase and you started working and you relapse, we have started a, a, a three-month relapse prevention plan at the same where we deal specifically only with the things that caused your relapse. Mm. We don't go from step one again to step 12 and do, try to do the whole thing from the beginning. Mm. Because obviously if you've gone through a process of, of, of recovery and you've dealt with certain things, then it's pointless to address everything again. Then you just address the things that cause the relapse. As you know, there's three phases. It's first uh, emotional relapse, then mental relapse. Oh, so, sorry, first mental relapse, then emotional relapse, and then physical relapse. Mm. Mm. So we go through the three phases of relapse. We've got a three-month relapse prevention plan. And we work specifically on things like anger, uh, offense, unforgiveness, uh, sexual immorality. There's specific points that gets looked at as the main reasons why people relapse. Mm -hmm. And it's within those four things usually. Um, they go back to places they were not supposed to be. They're not accountable. Uh, we spoke about the track principle. So we go back to the things that made them relapse in the first place and then just do a three-month reintervention plan with them. Mm -hmm. What do you generally find is the reason? Is there a very common reason where many people come back, uh, where you can say they come back with anger or unforgiveness or what? Is, is there a basic thing that you can point out or is it different for everybody? I would... It's funny that you ask this now because I've been preaching on this kind of subject the last week or so. Um, People, people tend to go like I'm saved and I'm okay. Mm, yes, but there's a difference to be saved and to surrender. Mm, you exactly. need to get saved and then you surrender. Yes, mm. and a lot of people only get saved and they never surrender all the all the hurt and all the trauma and all the pain that they've been through. That they just like sort of they just sort of like hide it or. or, or Make as if everything's okay. Mm. And when you don't surrender these things, you tend to go back to what you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. So so what does that surrendering process look like? Because it, it sounds, you know, I know exactly what it is, but, but what, what, how do we tell people if you want to surrender, what, how do you do that? For me, it was, a, it was, I got to a place where I was so tired of myself and so tired of the hurt and so tired of thinking about the same things every single day of my life that I just come to a place where I said, God, I cannot handle this anymore. You really now need to help me. And, and that's when I had my encounter with God. Mm. God's faithful. He's not going to let you go through those things and not, he wants your heart. Mm. Mm. So when you come with him, to him with a sincere heart and no other intentions, then then he will he's faithful to respond. Yes. Um, so and what, that's mm, when we surrender. Mm, mm -hmm. So what I hear is uh, exactly part of uh, the twelve steps. In step three, we say we surrender my life my and my will, will mm. to the care of God and um, mm. and to 
everything to him. So both those things encompass everything. So I think that's a wonderful note that we can close off on um, as a place of surrender where we know that we cannot do it in our own strength, but that God, the only God, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, can be the one that changes us and takes us to a place where we can be a testimony and a message to others that are struggling mm. as well. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Lo and Fricky, for being with us today and sharing these very crucial points with our listeners. May God bless you and this, the, the, recent, uh, the centers where you um, involved. And listeners, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you very much, Lo and Fricky. And listeners, if you missed either this program or any of the previous ones, please go to uh, kpulpit.co.za, look up the podcasts and uh, listen your heart out and uh, receive healing. Yes. Thank you. We've done three interviews, one with Lo and his story, one about the recovery at the center and the third one today with, with them. And then next week we, we're talking to someone from another center. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, guys. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.